0: So, it's about a a month ago now, maybe a little bit longer than that, um, there was uh, a a little bit of a debate that broke out in my home. Uh, It was about our car. Um, And I can see my wife just kind of cringe at the sheer mention of it, because as you could probably guess, this debate was not held between Della and myself. (laughs) Uh, But you see, up until uh, last month uh, sometime, We drove uh, this beautiful 2002 Buick Century, and this thing was fully loaded, all right? It had uh, digital climate control, leather interior, CD player, the finest technology that 2002 had to offer. (laughs) Uh, This thing was amazing. It also had uh, a crack in the windshield. Uh, It had these black marks on the driver's side from where we blew a tire in Montana. Uh, It also had a check engine light that wouldn't go off. Uh, But where the debate really began was uh, when the temperature started to rise in Seattle, and it became increasingly apparent that our air conditioner did not work in the car. And back when it was just... Uh, Vanessa and I driving around. You know, we probably could have toughed it out. You know, uh, air conditioning, not too big a deal. We can roll down the windows. We're fine. We're we're adults. We can handle being a little warm in the car. But then once Della came, air conditioning sort of moved up the list. It moved from luxury uh, to necessity. And so we both agreed, okay, we're getting close to the time at least uh, for us to get a, a new car. Uh, but where the debate really uh, was, was when. How soon, how urgent was this need for a new car? Now, uh, one of us thought this uh, was less urgent than, one, than the other one. That was me. <laughs> and let me tell you, my argument was, was foolproof. And it it was simply this, the car still ran, (laughs) right? Cars, they have a purpose. They're to get you from point A to point B. And our car still did that just fine. Therefore, what do we need a new car for? So we kind of went back and forth as to how soon this needed to happen. We knew it was going to be at some point. But I said, hey, the car still runs. It gets us to the places we need to go. Until uh, it didn't. (laughs) Uh, One day after church, on on what I remember being a a particularly warm uh, spring Seattle afternoon, we got in our car, we had put Della in her car seat and clicked her into the base, and we put all our stuff in the car, I sat down to turn the ignition, and nothing. And I tried it again, and nothing. So we walked back inside and uh, I made a phone call to AAA, said, well, you know what, they'll be able to figure it out, get us, get us going and we'll be on our way. And then AAA came, they sent their service truck and I went out and still nothing. So I said, thank you. And then the, uh, the service agent went on his way. And so I walked back in to my office where my wife and daughter were waiting uh, and I walked in rather sheepish, sheepishly tail tucked between my legs, and I finally admitted, all right, I think we need to get a new car. <laughs> now, thankfully, my wife is, is very gracious when she is right, which is most of the time. <laughs> and, and also, on top of that, she had done a lot of research. She had a, a great deal of foresight that I wouldn't have had. And so she had already uh, met with a, a car salesman from the Toyota dealership. We had already started setting money aside for a down payment, and so we were pretty much ready to go. So that afternoon, we went to the Toyota dealership. We, we went through all the paperwork, and we drove home in a beautiful, uh, not a silver 2002 Buick Century, but a white 2016 Toyota RAV4. And if I thought that Buick Century was fully loaded, this thing was amazing. Man, light years ahead of 2002. It's phenomenal. But I will maintain that I was right about one thing. And, and I'm not just trying to defend myself, though it's a little bit of that. I was right about the fact that cars have a purpose. Cars are meant for driving. They're meant to get you places. So our Buick Century, it was intended to get us to the grocery store, intended to, to get me to, the, to work and, and to go on, on shut-in visits. It was intended to get us... Uh, where we needed to go. And when it stopped doing that, well, the answer then at that point was rather simple. Get a new car. Right? Because cars are for driving. And when you can't drive it anymore, well, then you go, you get a new one, or you get a different mode of transportation, perhaps a nice bicycle to get you where you need to go. Cars have a purpose. They're meant for driving. And if they don't drive anymore, throw it out. You get one that does fulfill that purpose. And Jesus says essentially the same thing in our gospel reading this morning. Except for Jesus isn't talking about my Buick. Jesus is talking about you and me. He says that we as his disciples have a purpose. He has things in mind for us to do works that He wants us to get done. And He says in these very familiar passages that we, as His people, are salt and light. This is what Jesus says about us, what He says about His disciples, His followers. He says, "'You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet.'" You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. He says you have a purpose. To be salt and light. Right? Salt's purpose is is rather simple. Salt gives things flavor. It's also used to preserve food. And Jesus says, if if salt doesn't do what salt is meant to do, it gets thrown out just to be trampled under people's feet. Jesus also says, we're the light of the world. Right? Light's purpose is very simple. It enables us to see. Right? You don't try to hide a city. That would be impossible. You can't put a blanket over the Seattle skyline. That's not going to work. In the same way, you don't light a lamp in your home just to cover it up. Light is intended to shine. Now, Jesus' point here is not for us to parse the the purpose of salt and light, but his point is to say that we have a purpose. Our purpose as his disciples is to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Just like salt brings flavor, He intends that we as His people be that which flavors creation, that which preserves. In a world that's full of death and decay, we are supposed to bring life. Where things are are broken, we're supposed to be that which brings wholeness. And as the light of the world, we're supposed to shine into dark places. Where there's darkness and blindness, we are supposed to bring light so that people can see and see their way to the Father. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That is your your purpose. And to neglect this purpose was to reject what Christ has in mind for us as His disciples. The salt of the earth, the light of the world, that is the purpose that God has in mind for us. Now, this is not a matter of of trying harder, of of doing more, right? Salt, it doesn't work really hard to be salty. It is just salty by nature, right? Light doesn't, doesn't work really hard or try really hard to shine. It's just what light does. So to be salt and light for us as disciples, it's really to embrace that identity that we have in Christ. It's to be who he has made us to be. As people who are loved and living, we're supposed to bring salt and light. We're supposed to bring love and life of Jesus into the world. That is the purpose that Christ has in mind for us as disciples. Just like cars have a purpose, just like salt and light have a purpose, Jesus says, you, my disciples, you have a purpose in creation. If you've been a, a part of the, the Lutheran Church uh, for any length of time, you probably know that one of the things that we sometimes struggle to talk about as Lutherans is good works. And, and sometimes I, I do think that the reason that we struggle to talk about this is, is for what is, at its very core, kind of a good reason. Because you see, in the Lutheran Church, our major emphasis, our, our primary teaching is not actually about what we do for God. To be Lutheran, it's it's not how can we be better people. But the core of our faith is about what God has done for us. You see, when Martin Luther began to write, and and when he and and other reformers began to, to kind of combat against what the church was teaching, they were teaching in a church that had sort of lost its way. A church that had suggested that we can stand right before God because of what we do. And as Luther and and others began to pour through the pages of Scripture, one thing became immensely clear, and that is we are saved by grace and grace alone. And that remains for us the the core of our faith. Not what we do for God, but what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. But while that core is, is very beautiful, I think sometimes it makes it difficult for us to understand words like this from Jesus where he says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the, you're the light of the world. You have a purpose. There are things that I want you to do. Because if those works don't get us right with God, if they're not about me earning the Creator's favor, then, then what's the point? Why are we supposed to do those things? How, on the one hand, is it all about grace, but then Jesus seems to be talking about works a lot. And he seems to be rather serious. I mean... If salt loses its taste, it should be thrown out? I mean, how do we understand how these things fit together? But I think to understand that, we actually need to go back to that first question, what is my purpose? What is the purpose that God actually has in mind for me? Right, the purpose of my Buick was to get me where I needed to go. The purpose of salt is is to flavor and preserve. The purpose of light is to shine and allow us to see. What is my purpose? And what that purpose is not is to spend my days trying to earn God's favor. That's not the purpose we were created for. That is someone else's purpose. That was Jesus' purpose. His purpose was to redeem and restore. His purpose was to rescue us from sin and death. To make that my own purpose is to not really be who he has in mind for me to be. Jesus' purpose was to die for the sin of the world. Jesus' purpose was to make you and me children of the living God. You see, one of the things that I think is difficult for us when we talk about good works is is we forget what the purpose of our good works actually is. The purpose of our good works is is not to earn God's favor. It's not to prove how holy we are. But the purpose of our good works is is to be salt and light. See, think about what salt and light actually do, what they're intended for. Salt is about bringing flavor to other things. We don't eat salt by itself. Right. In fact, if there's too much salt in something, it doesn't taste good. It's too salty. Salt is about bringing flavor and preservation to other things, and it's the same thing with light. We don't stare at light and look for beauty and light by itself, but it's light that allows us to see beauty. Salt is not about itself. Light is not about itself. It's about other things. And I think that's exactly what Jesus has in mind for us. That's exactly what he says in verse 16. says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So that they would see your good works and give glory, not to you. Not so that they would say, look how holy he is. Look how great she is. But that they would see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That is the purpose that God has in mind for us. It's to show people the Father. It's to show people the way back to Him. We do good works not to earn God's favor, not to prove our holiness. We do good works very simply to show people Christ. To display that we are people who who are deeply loved. To display the love that our God has for the world so much that he would send his son. The purpose of the good works we embrace is to show that we have lives that are lived with the power of Jesus in us. To show others where they too can come and find life. We're salt and we're light. We're about showing people, not ourselves, but showing people the Father. This is actually precisely what Martin Luther gets at in his treatise on Christian freedom. Right? Martin Luther, the great champion of grace. He says that in doing good works, we become to each other a sort of Christ. That in our good works, what we do is we show people Jesus. Christ's desire for us as salt and light is that when we do good works... That people would see not us, but see Christ in us. That in the love that we have for the world, that they would see the Father. So go and devote yourself to good works. Go and and be salt and light. Go and give yourself for your neighbor. So that in doing so, your neighbor might see the one who gave himself for you. Amen.